You're listening to show 13 of the Real Estate CPA Podcast. Your source for all things real estate accounting and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey folks, Brandon here, founder and CEO of The Real Estate CPA. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I have a few exciting announcements for you. First and foremost, we have a new look. We've completely overhauled our website, so check it out when you get a chance. We're also developing a knowledge base where we're basically compiling every question we ever answered into one formal knowledge base. That way you can pay a cheap annual price to get your most important tax accounting and investment questions answered. We expect to release this knowledge base in October 2018. If you are interested in a lifetime discount on that annual knowledge base price, head on over to therealestatecpa.com, click on the knowledge base tab, and sign up for the list that we currently have open. We're not going to leave this pre-release special open forever, so head on over now if that's something that you're interested in. With our new look and feel, we're bringing new and better content. So we've started a big video push So be sure to check out our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash CPA. We're also bringing you a new podcast format. This time, I promise we're going to stick to our production schedule. So we want to stick to every week, bringing you a new episode. Some weeks, we'll be interviewing guests. Other weeks, we'll be flying solo and just explaining tax and accounting topics. When I say we, I mean that I now have a co-host, Thomas Castelli. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see him here live with me. Thomas is a CPA and tax strategist here at the Real Estate CPA. He's also a marketing genius and a real estate investor. So you're going to hear a lot from Thomas as we release new content, both video, blog, and audio. And what a better way to introduce Thomas than to have him on today's show as a guest interview. So Thomas, how the heck are you? Good, Brandon. Good. Thank you for having me on and thank you for the introduction. That was awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. Happy to have you. Tell us about yourself. So I'm, I currently live in Astoria, New York, and in Queens, and I do investments outside of New York because uh, it's so expensive to get started over here. So I have a few stakes in limited partnerships throughout uh, the Midwest and Southeast, and I just finished up my first syndication at the end of 2017, and we're still in that deal now, um, just managing it on with the property managers on a week-to-week basis. Are you a GP on that syndication? Uh, yes. Awesome, man. 82 units. That's big. Explain to our listeners what a GP is versus an LP. Okay. So a general partner is an active partner in a partnership and they are responsible for handling the day-to-day management of the investment, which includes um, managing the property manager, making sure everything goes smoothly during the rehab process and ultimately the investor relations process. While a limited partner is a silent partner, they invest their money for a return on their investment and they don't have to deal with the day-to-day activities of the partnership and they can continue doing you know whatever they do best it's a great explanation sounds like you've practiced that a lot very nice (laughs) Uh, so tell me your background story like how did you why real estate how'd you get into it so you know i started out i was in college and i was like looking already looking to escape the rat race while i was in college because i just knew what the path in front of me was and i started reading some books uh the rich dad poor dad books which kind of led me down learning more and more about real estate And then when my great uncle passed away, he had in his estate, he had this property, this small property in this relatively large piece of land, which was about a two minute walk from the Long Island Railroad in Bethpage. 
And around the block from his property was a full shopping center, pizzeria, King Kong, which is a local supermarket, uh, laundromat, uh, ice cream place. And around the place of that was the village of Beth Page, which had a library, more restaurants, barbers, everything you need. This was all within a five-minute walking distance. And I knew that it was perfect for a city commuter because the Long Island Railroad went right into Penn Station in New York City. I knew it was prime real estate. So I went to a local Long Island RIA uh, to kind of try to find a mentor, someone to help me try to either wholesale or develop the property. But uh, long story short, there's so much stuff going on with, with my great uncle's estate, so many people fighting over what was what and whose was what. Uh, I was never able to get my hands on it. But I did meet at that local RIA. I went to a group that was doing multifamily syndication three-day seminar. And it was one month before starting my full-time job at BDO a national accounting firm. And I was like, Oh, you know, before I'm going all in on this, let me go to this three day weekend. And uh, so I went to three day weekend. And there it fascinated me syndication had every aspect of business that I loved. And as a business nerd, as a real estate nerd, I was like, Oh, my God, this is everything I could actually be a real capitalist if I do syndications. So that's kind of how I got started at that same event, that three-day weekend, I met who would become my future mentor. He at the time was 27 years old. He was a big broker in Manhattan or I think it was Brooklyn actually. And uh, he was looking to get out of that and go full-time in real estate investing. So he actually went, signed up for their coaching and was off to the races. And uh, then I continued going to their monthly meetings. And that's when I, that's when my mentor approached me and said, Hey, Tom, you want to take a look at this deal? I know that uh, you're in Columbus, Ohio. I was doing audits at the time. This deal's in Columbus. I knew what was going on in Columbus. And uh, I took a look at it and made my first investment with him, brought it to my parents. They invested with him. And uh, from there, he kind of said, hey, look, if you ever find a deal or you ever have anybody who wants to best bring to me and we can work at a, work at a way you can become a general partner. So that's kind of how I got into it, made a few investments with him, and then eventually found a deal brought to him and a few other people were working at the time. And we, uh, we, we got the deal done. Wow, fascinating. So your investment career started with syndications. You didn't, there was no stepping stone. You just went full blown right into the big, uh, the, the yeah. big stuff. Yeah, you know what it was? Because at the time when I was, uh, when I was going to all these seminars, I was very young and impressionable. I was like 22 years old. And uh, people were saying, you don't need to go big. You don't, I mean, you don't need to start small. You don't need to start small. Really, now I realize that was just a huge sales pitch, which is, it's true. <laughs> you, don't, you don't, you don't need to go. You don't need to go small. You can go big right after get. The difference was I was 22. I'm not like say 45 and have you know hundreds of thousand dollars in the bank for my career or whatever. Where instead of buying a few small single families, I could go and just you know put 200, 300 thousand dollars down on a 50 unit building. So that's the part I learned the hard way. But hey, I, I mean I'm happy I did it because I had this you know expanded view of real estate which I probably wouldn't have had if I just you know bought a bought a single family home. I know that you work with a lot of our clients. How do you deal with? objections. Maybe our clients have said this before, maybe somebody else that you've brought into that's just looking for advice. How do you deal with objections of, well, I need to buy something small to understand how to buy something big? My objection, that would be to partner with somebody on a bigger project who's done those bigger projects before and learn from them and learn through that. So it's not just you uh, doing it. Like in syndication, the one thing I learned from my mentors was that it's not a solo sport. It's a team sport. Everybody has a thing. Most syndications are not done by one person. They're done by a team. So you can actually utilize your expertise or be part of a team and uh, maybe take a smaller piece in that initial GP to go ahead and learn the process. But it's better probably than starting small because if you're starting small, you're not going to learn the bigger piece. You can learn the bigger piece and just start right from there. 
Right. Because it's a completely different business. I mean, one single family home compared to a hundred units under management is a different ball game. Absolutely. Interesting. Very cool. So you're in the mindset that somebody can totally skip out the small units and just go straight for the big stuff. But in order to do that, you have to have a team in place. Absolutely. Team, having a team is pretty much everything in this business. You know, your property manager is going to be your core team member. They're going to be on the grounds day to day, especially if you're managing this out of state or you just don't go visit the property often. You're really relying on them to operate the property on your behalf. You're just making sure that they're implementing your strategy. You're just making sure that they're doing what you had set out in the business plan on behalf of you and your investors. And when we're talking about implementing your strategy, like, do you think that you could have done that without these three-day seminars, without partnering with people that have already done it? At the time, being at the age that I was, I did it probably not. Um, okay. I would say maybe in, if, if you were in the real estate business and you are doing these single family or, or one to four units, you could, that's going to help you. It's not going to not help you, but you don't need to start there. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Okay. Do you need capital? Do you need personal capital to get into this space? You don't. I know people who have done deals without putting any of their own capital into it, but it certainly helps when you go and pitch an investor saying, hey, look, you know, I'm raising $1.3 million. I'm putting $200,000 of my own money into this deal or I'm putting $100,000 in. It certainly gives the right pressure to the investor. Excellent. So there you go, folks. I mean, we've repeated this multiple times. You really need a professional team in place to service your entire account, but it boils down to syndications as well. You need a team in order to execute appropriately, especially if you're going for those bigger properties. How do you balance this type of real estate investing? I mean, you're doing a lot. Like, how do you balance that with a full-time job? Well, it's just it's just managing your time and you have to want it. Um, you have to say, you know, what are my priorities? Do I want to go hang out at the bar? Do I want to you know, look for properties or do I want to focus on finding more properties and really managing the investments I have? It's, it's just a matter of prioritizing everything. And asking as a friend, not your boss, <laughs> how do you prioritize everything? Well, you know, a lot of things since I joined the firm, I, I have been working a lot on, on what's going on over here uh, just because I see the opportunity and, and the opportunity we have. And I have taken my eye slightly off the ball on finding new properties instead of been focusing on the one I have and actually since made it an investment as a passive investor because I, in a way, became my own client. Like at, at one point, I was trying to get investors to invest because they're busy. Hey, invest with us because you will go do it. And then I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like you know, now so I'm doing all this work here. You know, I, I just in order to find properties, you need to be super aggressive. You need to be on it. You need to be making the phone calls. You need to be analyzing them. And frankly, while I could do that, it would be to a much smaller scale, and I'm just gonna get beat out by my mentor. He's just gonna beat me out. You know, he's gonna find the same deals I'm finding, and he's gonna be that much more quicker to the punch. So. Uh, you can manage everything. You just have to have your priorities in order and that's how you get it done. And, and I think what's more important about finding new deals is managing the deals that you currently have, especially if you have outside investors, because at the end of the day, you have a duty to your investors to take care of their capital. And, um, you know, that's, that's one of the kind of the cruxes of syndications are you got to continue doing them to make money. And, you know, sometimes that can have conflicts of interest. Yeah. Well, I think you, you touched on something really important there. It, it any business, it doesn't matter what it is. It takes a lot of time to execute everything effectively and efficiently. Um, and if you are balancing a full-time job, you can definitely do it, but you have to deprioritize like a personal life if that's something that you really yeah. want to pursue. But that's interesting because we have those conversations with our clients all the time and we say, hey, you know, we've got these clients that are earning tons of money and they want to buy all these single family homes out in the Midwest. It's like, yeah. why do that? Why not just find somebody like yourself that's doing a syndication, give them 50K or 100K, collect the checks, sip your drinks on the beach, you know, just sit back. It's nice and passive and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to spend a ton of time on it. It's really, really interesting. 
I think it really just depends on what your goals are and you have to know what you want. If you want mm-hmm. to go be an active syndicator and that's your goal is to leave, leave your job and eventually do that full time, then maybe you go the active route. But if your, your goal is just to get passive income, expand your portfolio, or you just want to keep working your job, that's when you got to say to yourself, hey, I'm just going to continue being a passive investor. Yeah, great advice. Uh, tell us about your future real estate plans. In the future right now, my plans are to continue laying my foundation. Um, have a lot of my money invested right now. So I'm going to continue building up my capital reserves and uh, eventually going to move down to probably Florida where I plan to buy like a fourplex or something along those lines. Who knows? I was even thinking maybe I'll syndicate a larger deal and just live in it because I, I can't. You know, why not? That's kind of my plan right now. Uh, rebuild my capital reserves and then go and buy a fourplex. And that's kind of going to be my foray into my experience in property management. I don't really want to be a property manager, but I do see the benefit kind of of understanding what it takes to be a property manager to better work with property managers in the future. So yeah, my plan, my next plan is to buy something for myself to live in and house hack. Awesome. Awesome. House hacking is a great way to go. Uh, I did it myself. It reduced my overhead enough to allow me to start the firm comfortably. So 100% all behind you there. Go for it. All right. How do you handle your accounting and bookkeeping with your real estate stuff? So we have an accountant who handles everything for us. Um, uh, property managers handle the day-to-day bookkeeping and just give us you know monthly reports. We send them over to our CPA. The CPA goes ahead and files the taxes and handles all of that and gives a tax strategy advice uh, to to us. But you know, at this point, I know a lot of it. So don't need too much advice there, but it's just pretty much they just out. They, it's just so our hands are free of it. And, you know, if you're going to be doing syndications or you're going to be doing large deals, or going to be doing a lot of deals, you know, freeing your hands of that activity is essential, whether you can do it or not. It's a matter of where's your time best spent, where's the highest and best use of your time. And if you're going to be a syndicator or you're going to be a real estate investor, that's finding deals and closing deals and managing those deals. Even if you have a third-party property manager, you still have to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And doing the accounting is one thing that's just going to slow you down. So get outsourced that. I would outsource it all day. And you outsource it to the property management firms, is that what you said? So yeah, the property management firm will handle the day-to-day accounting of it um, and then give you know, a financial statement to us. And then that goes to our CPA who then files the taxes. So the yeah. entire process is pretty much outsourced. Now, you know, we have access to the accounting. We can go look it up and say, okay, hey, what is that? But um, most of the time they do, they do a pretty good job of handling it. As you scale, let's say that you had... 10 of these deals uh, that you're managing, would you still be outsourcing your accounting in that manner? It depends. You know, at that point, I would consider maybe hiring an in-house bookkeeper to handle a lot of it uh, as be the lazy on between me and the firm. But no, if I could set up a way to have my CPA work directly with my property managers and not have to have anybody on staff or not have to me be involved, that's the first thing I would do. Um, try to find a way to integrate my CPA and my property managers to talk directly and only bring me in when it's absolutely necessary. Very cool. So just to sum that up, you don't recommend that these investors syndicates handle their own accounting, outsource it, try to get it on the property manager side of things, get them to coordinate directly with the CPA. But as you scale, you might have to interlay that with some sort of bookkeeper or something. Yeah, it might, it, yeah, it might just end up happening that you end up being so big that, that stuff just requires your time. And you, know, you don't want to utilize your time so you hire a bookkeeper. Maybe you could have an assistant do it. But uh, yeah, I would definitely outsource it or hire someone in to get it done. Don't want to be spending your time on that. Yeah, and that's what we've seen too. As as we've onboarded clients who are scaling their syndication businesses, they typically have multiple property managers that are giving them reports, but they need some sort of consolidation, some sort of person that is overseeing that 
And that's when they hit us up for the, uh, the CFO services that we offer. And then we get to interlay with their CPA or we just do it ourselves if they're outsourcing everything to us. So good stuff, good stuff. What is the greatest tax advice that you've ever received? The greatest tax advice I'd ever received. I'd probably be documenting everything. And uh, <laughs> I, 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 I really mean that because, I mean, like, you know, before I became an accountant and everything like that, I was you know, a little unorganized with that. And uh, I definitely would miss a lot of tax deductions if I didn't keep everything organized. And I think that's, that's probably the best accounting advice. Um, if I had to give a second one just to make it interesting would be to utilize cost segregation studies. Now, what is that? What is a cost segregation study? A uh, cost segregation study is basically when an accountant or an engineer goes into your property, breaks everything down into components, and these different components have different useful lives, depending on the type of property, 5, 7, 15, any to 27.5 or 39 years. And uh, they take those, they take the components that are under 27.5 years and depreciate them. They accelerate the depreciation to get bigger tax write-offs. Nice. Um, in, in, in earlier years, which is great for your investors. Yeah, and especially now with uh, bonus depreciation, that 100% bonus depreciation, any component with a useful life of less than 20 years can be immediately written off in the first year if you do a cost seg study. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of our clients immediately depreciating you know, 25 to 30% of their asset value and passing that back to investors in the first year thanks to a cost seg study and thanks to the new 2018 tax laws that allow you to take that 100% bonus depreciation. Absolutely. All right. This has been great. What is the best advice that you have for investors in handling their accounting and tax situations? Maybe advice that you wish you had at one point. Yeah. The, the advice would be to, um, there's three pieces of advice here. The first one is to document everything. That's definitely the advice I received. The second one is to outsource everything as soon as you can. And the third piece of advice is to actually seek advice from a professional instead of trying to do it yourself. I mean, you know, we're CPAs. We read the task code on a day-to-day basis. It's not easy, even for us sometimes, to decipher some of the stuff. So, you know, imagine you don't have a tax background. Some of it might as well be Chinese. So, I would say go and seek professional advice from the beginning. Be proactive. If you know you're going to be buying all these properties, or you know you're going to have a property in a contract, don't wait till day, you know, twenty-five out of thirty to say, oh, oh, I need tax advice from closing in five days because you know. It's going to be hard. You know, CPAs are busy at the end of the day, and they're always going to be able to help you right then and there. You kind of have to be proactive. And that kind of goes for everything in life and in business. You have to be proactive. Make sure you know where you're going and get the advice you need before it happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah great. Great advice. Uh, what sort of technology are you using in your business, your, your syndications, your real estate investing? Anything there that you might be able to share with our listeners? I don't think it's anything too major uh, right now. Um, you know, even though we are far away, everything is kind of basic. I mean, you, you have website access to a portal, uh, phone calls and, and emails back and forth. Nothing too crazy. Honestly, I wish I could say we're using some kind of crazy integration software, but we are using technology, but it's very basic. Well, talk about the portal because I, I see a lot of syndicators use this and I always wonder what sort of technology allows them to create a portal. And just to be clear, we're talking about an investor portal, right? Yeah, yeah. I, there's there's a lot of service providers out there right now that you can use. I, I don't personally have one. Uh, my mentor does, and he kind of puts all his investor investments up on there. And uh, it, it basically it just allows your investors to go in, see all the documents of the past, see the monthly reports, uh, see their get their K ones, and uh, get all the information about the current and future investments all in one place instead of having to go back and forth with a million emails. And plus, like once you upload as a syndicator, once you upload this stuff, it all goes to the appropriate parties. You don't have to worry about sending emails. Who is missed on the email chain? Investors go to one place to get their information and, and it just kind of keeps things simple. 
And it's in like, it kind of goes along the lines of automating everything or outsourcing everything. So if I'm a syndicator, how can I find these technologies? I would just Google them or ask a syndicator who uses one who their provider is. I think referrals at the end of the day is probably the strongest way to, to receive business because it's tested. Hey, if you know a successful syndicator is part of your group, part of a forum, part of your network in any way, just say, hey, do you use this type of software? If they say yes, oh, what do you use? And they might, they might give you an, an answer and say, oh, have you tried any other ones? Have you, why did you pick that one? Um, they already did a lot of the work. You know, why go and evaluate 10 other softwares if, if someone who's successful did that already? You can ask mm-hmm. them why they use it. Excellent. Any other advice that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, biggest advice I have to say, if you're going to be doing anything in life, especially doing deals, uh, go out and uh, just make it happen. Go out and take action. Because one of the things I realized from about my age, about 23 to 26, when I did my first deal in that three years, yeah, I made some past investments and I made progress. But what really got me my first deal is I decided to pick up the phone and not stop until I found a deal. And uh, if I would have done that, at, if I would have done that to a year too earlier, I would have found a first deal earlier. I just, it just, you know, you, you can't procrastinate. You can't think you don't know enough. Knowledge is not everything. You could read a million books and uh, you'll just be a genius, but you won't have anything to show for it. So uh, I would say the biggest thing is whatever you're going to do, take action and make it happen. Don't let fear slow you down. Uh, you're going to figure it out on the way. Hands-on learning is the best way to learn. Great advice. You see it time and time again. The people that take action, make things happen, it's way better than just planning. Yeah. Um, that's great. Thank you. What is the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, you can head on over to therealestatecpa.com and read some of my blogs, or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably the best way, LinkedIn or Bigger Pockets. I profile there, type in Thomas Castelli, and I should be the first person that pops up on either platform. Awesome. Thanks a ton. All right, everyone. That was Thomas Castelli, investor, marketer, CPA, tax strategist, basically my hero. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Looking forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients and with the new tax laws in play, You really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.